It is 9.35. Joining us now, my good friend Barb Lamson for Gardening with Karen and Barb, both master gardeners. Good morning, Barbara. Hey, good morning, Karen. Boy, we sure, if you're interested in clean water and things they're doing about keeping our creeks, our rivers clean, there was a lot of information last week in the paper, and I just thought... It was great, yeah. It's about time. You know, science is so important. Some of the things that the conclusions that they've come to, which is that if we... we, uh, take strips of land. Expand and, the wetland area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the wetland and, and along the river. And we put in native plants, which have roots on them that go down deep. We're going to slow up the water. Well, you know, the thing that's interesting about that, that it's just, they're coming to that conclusion now. Our friend Harvey oh, yes. has had his 27 acres in uh, this program where he's using this as a way, as a buffer, so that the water doesn't drain off his fields really it fast. Filters it down filters down slowly. And not only did he do that, but he also um, put in a pond, and uh, and he broke his his drain tiles there and the water drains into there and then drains I think it goes into the Cobb River I'm not sure yes and you know what you'll be excited to hear that one of those people that was mentioned in those articles about those wetlands I am having on my program next Thursday as a part of my everyday is Earth Day programming so I'm going to actually interview someone next week about that because I thought that was such an amazing program. And yeah, yeah, it's it's terrific. And I, I had an invitation to go to uh, rural Fairmont and see the um, this 80 acres of land that uh, Dean uh, Maschoff has converted into um, a a forest where you can grow fruits and things mm-hmm. along with the trees as well as he took 27 acres out of production that had been soybeans and corn and he's got a prairie land in there with 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 all the the flowers and and um <clears throat> the extension agent was there and he said they just bragged on this area because I didn't realize to have this program, you have to be sure that you've got flowers blooming for the three seasons, right. spring, summer, and fall. And he said he always meets this criteria. And Dean was telling us when he bought this this land, uh, he bought it after his parents died, that when he was a child, his grandfather, and he used to stand on this hill where Dean's house is now, and he would say, you know, at one time, this area had buffalo roaming on it, and as a child, he just imagined that and thought that was so absolutely amazing. Well, after his parents passed away and he bought this property, they found out there was gravel on this property, so they dug out this area, sold the gravel, and then he had two acres, which he made into a pond. And in doing that, they found a fossilized buffalo. Oh, wow. Everything was there except for the head of the buffalo. And he has that. So he had bones sent into the University of Minnesota. And they said, you know, with radiocarbon dating, they could only um, uh, tell that it was between... 
500 to 2,000 years old. So now this property is being restored, and it'll never be exactly like it was then, but at least it's, it's being restored. The Elm Creek runs through his property. Since he put in his 27 acres of um, uh, prairie land, um, he that is running clear now. It's, oh, that's so wonderful to hear. You know, they've done similar thing at the Casota Prairie where they took yes. a gravel pit where they've been mining and things and have restored it. I don't know if they have water in there or not, but that that article talked so much about that, how you can... And, clarify exactly. that and you know that's what I've been doing on my shoreline has been planting natives and trying to convince others how important that is as well and another requirement when I got that lawns to legumes sure. grant was it had to be blooming from early to late you know so the, the sure. pollinators benefit all year long yeah and you you know the, the um, uh, there are so many important things that were revealed in that article they said uh, for example it's much cheaper to do this than it is when you have these uh, uh, the the all of the things draining it the nitrates draining into the water and as well as the uh, river banks you know just eroding away sure. and taking more and more land in there and you know this I think we really science is so important. But in some respects, it should go faster, and they should listen to people. They should say, you know, how are you dealing with this? What have you seen? And and then they should say, yeah, we can do this. We can we can set some of this land aside. We but can. it's all about the almighty dollar in many many cases. Why some people don't want to do it because they take that line of production, they say, well, then I'm not getting that money. So that's the hard part to convince me. It's kind of like convincing people to get right. the vaccine. Some people just aren't going to do it, no matter what you tell them. How but good you it know, is. with the CREP program, which is the federal program, and REM, which is reinvest in Minnesota, that that program, they do. You are paid for that land because that land is set aside into perpetuity so that uh, the land can change hands but the purpose can't change it must remain what it is and so there there is a there is a benefit to that now perhaps they could improve that benefit even more i don't know but um, this it seems like a really good thing and you know the thing about this uh what dean is doing he has um, vegetables, he has fruits, he has small fruits, he has trees, he, and, and what he doesn't weed, uh, he, everything he has, he grows, first he, well, he puts down cardboard, and then he puts down, uh, uh, it, to hold it in place, he puts down wood chips. And this, this allows him not to have to be out there weeding all the time. That's I do the cardboard thing too, and and put some mulch on it's, top. It's a great. I mean, it's yeah. just a really great idea. So he had many different varieties of whether it was asparagus or it was currants. He had white currants. He had pink currants. He had red currants. He had different are things. Are currants a like shrub? That. I don't really know much about them. So yeah. are they more like a smaller shrub? It's, it's a perennial. Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, I have it in my backyard. It's oh. really great for the pollinators. First of all, in the spring you get the blooms and then in the summer you get the the fruit on it and i just leave that for the birds uh, the beads the birds mm -hmm. yeah yeah all of those things yeah exactly so it's 
if you get a chance to go visit with some farmer who's doing this, uh, by all means do it. And they have such a spirit. I mean, they're just... I. I well, want. they love the land. That's the thing you can tell they when do. they do. Yeah, they're inspired. He has different trees. He he's he's trying different things all the time. He's put in windbreaks and he's uh, uh, he's planting. He doesn't have rows. You know, when you think of a traditional person, right. they they have rows like that. He's carved out little niches along the woods, and there's paths going through this. And then he has. His plants in there, except for his tomatoes, his peppers, and cucumbers, he raises those in hoop houses, oh. and and he plants them right into the ground, and uh, and they do just extremely well in there. So just an interesting man, a beautiful thing, and here's here's something else that's interesting, Karen. He has a little vegetable stand at the road. Oh. He has the honor system for that okay and he does uh, he's never had a problem uh he has a box there people put their money in the box they take what they want and um and it works out just fine for him and that's wonderful that to hear that he has not had any problems yeah i i agree it just restores your faith in people and uh, and i i have to think that maybe it's because he's not on a major highway and maybe the people that are coming to his stand are, are local people. Well, probably, And, and yeah. they just love what he's doing, you know, his tomatoes and his peppers and all of those things. So so those are good things. Good to hear. Hey, Barb, you know what's uh, something to think about now? I always get a lot of uh, people in the spring, they see how many tulips, and they're so beautiful, the daffodils, not the daffodils, yeah, the daffodils, the tulips, sure. the crocus, all those beautiful spring bloomers. Now is the time to think about getting them. So if yeah. you want to order them, order now. <clears throat> you don't put them in right away, but it'll take a while to get them. Yeah. But I'm noticing a lot of the, the uh, magazine or the catalog companies are sending out uh, about all the different types of tulips and things to get. And if you want them, they do run out if there's a certain kind if you want. Sure. And then we think about planting them. When will you do it? About September, beginning of September? You know, yeah, uh, even earlier. Oh, do you August? Okay, because I've, well, I've done it later, I guess. But I'm thinking the, now the is... The first part of September, you know, the when the soil is getting cooler, mm -hmm. just watch. The soil temperature right now is 76. This morning... Still warm. I was, I was out at 6 o'clock and I was watering. Me too. <laughs> and you could just feel the heat coming off from the soil. Yeah. When I, when I watered, I thought, oh my gosh. Yeah, so... And every once in a while, when I'm uh, digging or I'm I'm amending the soil, I will unearth a tulip bulb. And what I do with it, it, I take it out and I put it into the refrigerator. I have a box oh, in you? there. Yeah. If you accidentally get yeah, one. Yeah. So I'm cooling them. And then they're just going to go into a new spot. I could just place them down in there. But then I figured, well, maybe this needs to be amended better and I need to mark this better. So there's uh, amending your soil before you put in any of those spring bulbs is really important. And I always add bone meal to mine yeah, that's uh, just great because that's great for the developing the roots and you want to get them in before it gets too cold because it's nice for them to get a little start 
sure. uh, the root system has a chance to get established. And then come springtime, you'll be amazed. Sure. And if you're going to plant your tulips eight inches deep, then be sure that the bone meal is in a place where the roots can reach it. Yeah, so it's going to have to be. Yeah, it's in the bottom, but not so that the roots are sitting on it or touching it. I usually sprinkle some in and mix it around. Yeah, it, that's that's the ticket. And I use some sphagnum too so that there's well drainage right sure. there in that spot. Oh, they have to be well drained. If you have anything with bulbs, if you don't have it well drained and it sits, they just rot. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't it doesn't take them long, which is interesting because when you take a look at the Asiatic lilies or that lily form, the oriental lilies, they they tolerate heavy wet soil much better. They still th- like it well drained if they they, they do, prefer but, it. Yeah, but they're much more tolerant. Tol- yeah. yeah, and they produce they produce new bulbs much faster too. Yeah, yeah, and the thing with uh, the Asiatic lilies and things is you can you know start them from the scales. They've actually got yes. the bulb is not like one big. Um, blob like the tulips and are is they've got right. uh, these little scaly things and you can start them from little segments of that so yep. it's kind of a, takes a lot longer well it does it, it really yeah. does but grant you know doing his lily breeding we've um he's got his first flowers that have bloomed from seeds that he started from crosses and we have a couple that look promising so we'll kind of isolate those and probably have to start new ones and it's gonna it's a long process when it you is. develop a new uh, variety so I mean I see why plants are so expensive when you yes. realize really what goes into it yeah yeah exactly and then uh, even after you get the bulb it's all handwork you know oh, yeah yeah exactly you know I've been to Holland several times for the flower shows and been out in the fields of the tulips and you know they grow above the water level so the land is raised up oh. and the dikes and that are lower. It's so interesting to be out there. And as soon as they they cut the bloom, as soon as they come, because they don't want any of the energy going into the bloom. They want it going into that bulb. But it's very, very interesting to see how they grow them and how loose that soil is. They have a lot of uh, seashells in that because this this land has been taken back, has been reclaimed. Which is like the bone meal for us. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly, and they, and that's all ground up real fine. Yeah. Yes. So I would say the other thing is uh, uh, right now, if if you have things that aren't looking so good, uh, be sure and prune them back. You've got leaves that are not looking good, and maybe you m- need to think about maybe this wasn't the best place. Maybe they're when when we have a summer like this. It's too hot. Maybe they need to get just a little more shade. Well, that's right. I've got a a hosta garden that was fine, but then I lost a a tree by it. And so those have been suffering terribly because, I mean, I just can't keep up with watering. And so I'm, A, either going to have to plant something else that will shade it. And I know there are some people who actually take those canopies and will put a canopy up to shade their hostas until uh, trees get a little larger. But, I mean, I've had just terrible... Uh, sun scald on a lot of those and right in a wetter year they probably would have done better but yep. with this kind and we have to prepare for these kinds of years because we're going to have maybe deluges and we're going to have a dryer as we've seen out west and that sort of thing so I'm also focusing on finding things that are more 
drought tolerant? Yeah. You know, it was interesting in the free press this morning, they were talking about weather, and it was this time last year that we got six inches of rain. I don't remember that. I don't remember (laughs) getting six inches of rain. Just blotted out of my memory, I guess. But it would be nice to get a nice rain. We had this week on, I believe it was Wednesday, we had one-tenth of an inch. Just barely registered in the rain gauge. I think it was enough to get my rain barrels um, with rain again because I have have rain in the rain barrels that I'm using yeah. up now like crazy. Yeah. It it to me a tenth is just it it's was It's like a drop. It it is. It doesn't yeah. go any place at I mean, all. We'll take what we can get, I guess, it, if you Yes, really. exactly. So, you know, I've been using my pepper cages which um uh, when a pepper starts growing, if they're doing really well, they get heavy with oh, yeah. fruit and they start bending over. I keep them in a cage. I do too. And uh, it, it, sometimes you have things in, in a drawer or something, and you think, what do I have this for? <laughs> I had some old white linen napkins that are big. What do you do with them? I think. Well, unless you're going to have a formal dinner party, which most people don't do anymore. And I have many more, but. This has come through the family. Oh. So I have made, um, I, I took a, I had a plant and and I, I wanted to move it. And so what I did was, I, of course, I improved the soil and I put it in the shade as much as possible. I wouldn't recommend other people do this, but if you think you want to try this, and I watered the hole really well, put the plant in there, put a lot of new uh, uh organic matter around it, watered it again, then put this pepper cage in there. And that was like um, like the bones of a tent would be. I took one of these great big napkins. Now, these aren't these skinny little napkins. Right, these are, are these big ones you'd put on your, you know, right. cover your, your, your lap up to your knees. And I dipped that in my rain barrel so it was nice and wet. And I covered it. Okay. And so that plant, not only would it It'd be in a cooler place. It'd be out of the sun. Humid. It's got this humidity. And you know if you want roots to grow, humidity is the best thing you can have for okay. that. They, they just do so much better. So twice a day. I've oh, you go out and water, w- wet it? I, I, I'm re-soaking it. I take it off, yeah. And every single day it looks better. Now, it, Barb, if you were uh, doing this for a living, that would be a little excessive yes. labor to, yes. to do that with an entire crop of, of peppers that you were going right. to sell. So there, yeah, I do things with that. Like I had, remember when I think I told you I planted a real big hosta that I transplanted uh, from the that house in town out to the lake house and I put a big tomato cage around it and then I I um, clothes pinned a big gunny sack around it to protect yes. it from the wind and you know other things that would maybe yep, harm it yep. and so it's, I babied that one just because it was uh, it yes, was yes. yeah but you know what I'm having trouble in my new hosta bed out there you know what the problem is nuts I've got a, oh. oh, was it, it's not, I don't know if it's a butternut, I can't remember what kind of nuts, but, so they come booming down and they. I bet it's black walnuts. No, it's not. Oh, it's, it's, it's not? not? I know it's not. It's, um, they're smooth, because I know what wal- black walnuts look like. Sure, um, And these sure. are smooth. I don't know if it's butternut or hackberry or something. I can't, somebody told me and I forgot, but, yeah, but yeah. they come bouncing down and they crack, you know, wreck the leaves and stuff. And I'm like, well, you know. 
It yeah. is what it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing yeah. I can do about that. Well, butternuts are, are are really to be treasured. First of all, because they're edible, and secondly, because they get a disease. The tree gets a disease and wipes them out. So it's 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 uh, really hard to find them now around here. We used to have a lot of them, but we don't anymore. So mm. if you if you've got a butternut tree, believe me, treasure it. Well, I don't know if it's a. Maybe it's, it's, it's maybe it's some other kind of it's some kind of nut. I just know that yeah, much. Sure, but, but I just sure. know that there's a lot, a lot wow. of wow. and you know I have and then at the the my in town uh, hosta bed I have the trouble with pears falling down and that it smashes them all. So you know it's if it isn't one thing it's another. What do you right. know? Well, it's the Japanese beetles right now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that they're. They, I heard you got a, another flush of them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I was so surprised and and. Uh, uh, when the hibiscus started coming on, first they ignored them, and now, oh, yesterday, there. I went out, and they're in the buds, and and they they go down between the petals, and when the when the when the bud isn't even open yet, they go down, they sleep in there. I took nine of them out of one bud last night. I thought, this is so Yeah, disgusting. they attack them before they're even open, and that what really frustrates me, because then when they do open, they're full of uh, all holes. Yeah. And right now, my uh, hibiscus has just, I mean, maybe 50 or so blossoms on it. Wow. Well, in fact, I, I have a picture, which I can, I can show you, but nobody else can see it on the radio, but yeah. I don't know if you've ever... Um, had I, they just are beautiful. If you want a, a flower that looks amazing, they got nine inch flowers. Get a hardy hibiscus because they will. Yeah, people just ooh and ah when they Th- see that. They absolutely do. The other thing that I would recommend for anybody that wants color this time of the year, get a hydrangea. There are so many. Oh, look at that. Oh yeah, Karen. I showed her a picture with lots, dozens of uh, blooms. And on which it. one is that? That's the cherry cheesecake hibiscus, which they no longer. Um, no, they they, they quit um, producing, producing that, and I think it's because it got a little tall and maybe it flops a little bit. And they've made uh, ones that are a little shorter and and more compact. And that's the thing with with varieties; they sure. are always trying to improve. Um, you know, with the mop head, uh, the. Oh, hydrangeas. Hydrangeas. Yeah. A lot of those flopped, and now they're developing more sturdy yes. varieties that don't flop. They're a little co- more compact. Right. And so you might want to really look for something that yeah. the newer varieties, just because yeah. of that. And don't be fooled when you see a, uh, a pot and it has a hydrangea in it and it's small, and you think, yeah, <laughs> that'll fit into my foundation planting. Whoa. And then it says grows to seven feet or something like that. You don't want to be pruning something back all the time. First of all, if you prune it at the wrong time of the year, you lose the bloom for the next year. And secondly, it just doesn't look right when it's when it's stiffly pruned like that. It's 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 ugly. It's really, really ugly. Right. So you know right place yeah, right, right size plant. for the yep. right place. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's so that's important. Yeah, and I don't know what else you're going to be doing, but I think I'll be out watering again because it's just something sure. that I just. Well, here's something for the future. So a week from tomorrow, uh, the Master Gardeners, we will be down on Glenwood Avenue at our demonstration oh. garden, and we'll be highlighting. Uh, our pollinator garden down there talking about the plants we have in there and they're really looking good and then here's the best part when you leave there you will get the names of two of the members who have pollinator gardens and you are invited to go there and see the pollinators there 
very nice. Yes. Are yes. you on the, the list of pollinator gardens? It's supposed to be a secret. Oh, so we don't know. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, well, so you, then we don't know. It might be barb, might not be barb. Yeah, so you have to go there. Okay. They, they really want to get more exposure for the garden down there after people put in all this work. Right. And uh, so, and then those people that have their um, uh, yard open that day for you to, to um, see, they will give you a list of plants that they're using and the season that they bloom in. Oh, nice. So, so. So uh, when is this? This is coming up? That'll be the 7th. That's not this August Saturday. August 7th. Yes. And August 7th. At the at Glenwood nine. Gardens off of Glenwood Avenue. That's in, uh, well, down the hill from the campus here. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah, right past Old Main. And uh, so from 9 to 11 in the morning, but you may tour these two gardens between 9 and 1 o'clock. Oh, so it's the same day thing then. So you can it make is a day very, up. yes, it is. So you can go from there up to these two other gardens. Wonderful. But okay. It's free, of course, as always. And, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing some of our listeners. Well, and it's nice to have um, pollinator gardens so you can see. I think a lot of people have an idea that pollinator gardens are all messy or something. Because, I mean, some, some are, but that they can be attractive. Well, it, 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 it isn't just uh, the um, pollinator that that would be coming there but it's it's for the birds it's for everything it's sure. it's having that balance that you need to have in a garden right yeah exactly wow well uh, at least it's cooler that's one good thing I can yes. say so well, if we go out and, and water at least it won't be so hot until next time Barb happy gardening hey thank you very much Karen and to all of our listeners we're so happy to meet you and see you and thank you for your questions and until next time so long yep thanks barb appreciate it all right it is one minute